It is live from the Denver Press Club, presents uh, the topic of conversation, and I'm Rob, your host, and we want to welcome Lori Lennox Murphy as our very special guest. But um, I want to welcome uh, Lori. Lori, um, how are you? I'm How's good. It going? I'm good. Yeah? Thank you. Yeah. Really good? Yeah. You're uh, Lori Lynx Murphy. Yes. Lori Lynx Murphy. Okay. Oh. Um, how did you get that name, Lori Lynx Murphy? Well, my mother actually named me Lori Lynn Murphy, and actually, technically speaking, Laura Lynn Murphy, but she only called me that when she was mad at me, so it kind of doesn't count. Yeah. Um, and you remember the Smurfs, like those hideous little blue things? I do. Yeah, hate those things. Because Why? my last no. name's Murphy, so guess what? Smurfy. Oh, okay. Oh, so, okay. I had a boyfriend that used to introduce me to everybody as Lori Lynn Smurphy oh. when I was 18. And he said my name somebody and they wrote it down on a guest list as Lori Link Smurphy. And I was like, I think I'm keeping that. Because it was the 80s and X's were big, you know. Sure. And uh, I thought it was the dumbest decision of my life for the longest time because it's like I'm saddled with this, you know, silly fake name, blah, blah, blah. Until Google came along. And then I was like, yes, this was weird foresight. So it's all good. You, there's, there's only one other links on Google, and it's a dude in World of Warcraft that names his character that. Really? So go figure. So you have, you have a thing with Smurfs? You don't like them? I, am, I find the Smurfs very problematic. There was only one girl, and I find that really creepy. And the girl was made by a man. Yeah. It was so made like, by Gargamel. What, so, like, basically, what did she do? Did she, like, service all of them? I don't get it. I am freaked out well, by the Smurfs. The, never... the Smurf world does not reflect a universe I want to reside in, and it scares me. And we've never seen a baby Smurf. Just like no. you've never seen a baby pigeon. Maybe they're cur connected. I I've know. seen baby pigeons. They I'm, exist. Sure. I have, I have not. Sure. I've never seen a baby Smurf either. Well, you wouldn't see a baby pigeon outside the nest. That's true. That's you know, true. But the topics, <laughs> the topics of conversation uh, with uh, Lori tonight are bees, snails, tiny houses, and women, oh my. Oh, women, okay. oh my. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> now I'm scared. And women, and women oh my. Um, when did you start doing art? Were you the, were you the art smurf? Or where were you? I never have not done art, so I don't really have an answer that's very good to that. But my, my parents were both kind of frustrated artists, and I always had a wide array of art materials available to me. So I've kind of just always been an artist. And you had a local, you just had a local opening at Studio City, right? I did. And how'd that yeah, go? How'd that was that go? fun. Yeah? It was good. Yeah, nice Sell little anything? I did, actually. Well, that's yeah. always good, oh, right? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Selling stuff. Okay. Now, you know, the people it's out rare. there in, in, in radio land, uh, in podcast land, they can't see your hair. <laughs> um, I can, and, the, and, the, and the crowd can. <laughs> what was, who did it, and, and how, how, did, how did that come about? You know, it, I did it. It was actually inspired by, um, I have a, a, a friend who's an amazing photographer, Tammy Shine. Yeah. She's uh, the lead singer for Dressy Bessie. And we, every once in a while she's bored, she's like, let's do a photo shoot. And so one day she, we were doing a photo shoot and um, this was just crap in my studio. It's just around things that I make things out of. And we were like, let's put that crap in your hair. And it just kind of became a thing that I do. So now... It's your I, thing. It's your it's your. Now it's my thing when I go it's, out. It's your... and people will be like, that's a nice hat. And it's not a hat, it's just crap I put in my hair. So the show that opened last night is actually hats, uh -huh. but they go on the wall like art, so they could be either. Now, the name of the show is Problem with Sheep, right? Oh, that's a dumb title, though. I didn't, I didn't, it was, like, it was a group show with somebody else, and it was just a title that came up. It doesn't really mean anything. I really cannot tell you what it means. It's no. absolutely meaningless to me. So do, is this, the, the stuff in your hair, does that change all the time, or is it, is just... 
I've got a box of crap and it changes as it far as that? my mood goes. Yeah. And sometimes I find another thing and go, oh, look, crap. Put it and, and then your eye, and your eyeglasses, how many pairs of, of glasses? Oh, my. Uh, that, that are viable? Mm-hmm. That I can see through? Yeah, you can see through. Um, only two, but probably about six in rotation once in a while when I feel like it, but mostly two. Yeah. Now, you as an artist... What would you describe your art as? What, what type of art is it? And it's what... really hard because I think that when you look at my work overall, uh, you see a lot of different things. It looks like a lot of different people did it. So it's all really related conceptually as opposed to how it looks or what material I work with. So I look at the materials I work with as part of the content, as part of like what I'm doing. And so um, I'm an environmental artist. I work with nature a lot. I work with animals. I work with bees and snails and insects and... Um, yeah, I mean, basically, I, I feel like my work is mostly uh, about political environmental issues for the most part. Yeah, pretty impressive studio over there, too. Yeah, I yeah, think big. it's all right. It's big. Well, you know, I don't get to have all of it. I share oh, okay, it. So sure. it's big, but it's not all me. Okay. It's, you know, no. I can't afford all that. <laughs> no, no, who can't? <laughs> when you, when you, you like animals. You, you use animals in your art. Uh, let's too. talk about this bee thing. You like bees. Mm, like uh, bees what's, yeah. what's going on with the bee things? Well, so I, I, I initially started working with bees at grad school, and um, I was really fortunate to study with um, Anne Hamilton at grad school, who's a really amazing artist, and she said something to me in my studio that was just kind of mind-blowing, because I'd been making these sort of approximations of nature, I'd been making things that look like nature, and she was like, well, why don't you just work with nature? And I was like, duh you know, yeah. face bomb. Sure. Um, and so I had been interested in colony collapse disorder with bees and been following that story and decided to sort of make it the focus of my research. So I got a couple hives of bees. And at the same time, luckily, I met a master beekeeper who uh, offered, who was an, also an artist and who offered to teach Here in me. Colorado? No, this was in Ohio. Okay. This was at the Ohio State University. Right. And um, his name's Dan Jarvis, um, still a good friend. And he, so he taught me sort of the ways of the bees and took care of the bees uh, for me and, you know, basically helped me figure out how to work with them, which was like two years of failure, basically, of just trying things that didn't work. So there's this level of, of slowness and patience in working with nature that I really appreciate and enjoy that wasn't a part of my work before. And it's very much about sort of observing and figuring out how to collaborate with something that has zero interest in collaborating with you. Now, bees are very important in nature. I yes. mean, you can't, we really can't do much without them. Yeah. Now, when you were learning about the bees, tell us a little about the life of bees. I mean, there's obviously a queen bee and drones and, yeah. and, and busy bees and, there's, and lovely bees. And, <laughs> they're all busy. They're all boo- very boobies. busy. They're all busy. Um, except for the boobies. They don't really oh, yes, busy. Oh, yes. Yeah. But. <laughs> um, so, you know, you've got your queen bee who is sort of the genetic master of the hive. And, yeah. And all of the bees are, are related to her genetically. Uh, mostly... Hives are female places. I'm sorry to say there are not really a big requirement or job for the men. So the men are the drones, right. uh, the male the male bees. I don't want to call them men because that's weird. Yeah. But um, the male bees, uh, they don't even make it through the winter. They they just get pushed out of the hive. They're kind of just yeah. They're like flying sperm sacks. That's about it. That's it. That's exactly what sadly, they do. Sadly, sadly, that is what they do. That is <laughs> it. That is their job. Uh, they become guard bees and they guard the hive. But really, mm. you know, they they don't. Uh, allowing them to live through the winter is considered a waste of resources. So Now, why Sorry. is there such a shortage of bees? We hear this all the time that, hey, bees, we need more bees, we need more bees. 
What's going on? We got farmers out there who are Serious. bringing bees to places, and how does all that work? Yeah, so that's migratory beekeeping, and that's a practice that's been around for a long time. Um, basically, there aren't enough bees in the country. That practice existed before that, but the idea is that you bring the hives of bees to the crop, and they pollinate the crop, and then you take them to the next crop. Well, when you look at something like the almond harvest, um, you have pretty much three-quarters of the bees in the country that go and eat almonds for two months straight. So that's kind of a problem if you think about it, that uh, they're, they're only getting a, a, a monoculture in terms of their nutrition. So they're weakened because of that. Um, but the real issue, unfortunately, is a, uh, a chemical called clothianidin mm. that is a neonicotinoid pesticide made by Bayer and used by Monsanto. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and um, thank you. And when I started this research for my thesis in grad school, um, this was very controversial, this idea. Uh, and now it's pretty much considered fact. And most countries around the world have begun banning this substance. Bear is currently suing Europe, all of Europe, because it's banned. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, and if you think about Bear, you know, we, we, we like to say how terrible Monsanto is, but Bear, we think, oh, children's aspen, aspirin. You know, we think, yeah. oh, it's a bit Bear. You know, Bear's not bad. Well, Bear also made the Zyklon B gas that was used by the Nazis to gas the Jews. So oh. I don't really think they're a good corporate actor either. They just have better PR. Okay. So they have a good <laughs> PR system. Yeah. Now, which are more, I mean, honeybees are way more important than bumblebees. What are bumblebees they're all important. do? The bumblebees are huge. What are, they're all important. Um, Bumblebees are are wild bees, and honeybees are agricultural bees. So they're basically one of the first agricultural animals. So public school, private school. We got the bumblebees go to public school and private school. No, no, more like dog versus wolf. Oh, dog versus wolf. Yeah, that's a much better. Yeah, more like that. Yeah. Yeah, So, so basically, you've got you know honeybees who are a cultivated species. They would not exist without humans. They do not exist. They do exist in nature. There's all sorts of honeybees. There's over 20,000 varieties of bees. Wow. But um, the reality is that the honeybee as it exists now has been bred for that purpose. And so um, what you have is a system where these bees are sort of dependent on us and we're dependent on them. Um, basically about three-fourths of our food supply is pollinated by bees. And, and, and in China, they've already started to hand-pollinate crops because of the shortage of bees. Right. Which is a really scary reality. Food is going to get super expensive at that point, you know? I don't know if there are enough migrant workers in the world to make sure everybody gets fed, so... Yeah, well. <laughs> And you use bees in your art. Now, is it the honeycomb that, that, is, that is, is, is mainly the, the stuff you use? But what yeah. else do you use? Bees are mostly the honeycomb, but, but basically it's the process of working with them. So I have things I've done where the bees have chewed the paper and chewed on things. I have things I've done where the bees have deposited a substance called propolis on it, which is a, a yellow substance that, that they call bee glue, but it's actually like also super antibiotic. Is that the stuff they throw up to put over the baby's ca- uh, uh, cabin in their, in their honeycomb? No, I think you're thinking of uh, royal jelly. Ah, so, that's what yeah, it's called. Yeah, sure. So, yeah. so no, propolis is like a glue that they like seal the hive up with. Yeah. So okay. it's, you know, and then you've got the wax. So the wax is the main substance I'm interested in, but mostly it's about how to get them to do what I want them to do. Because when you think about it, our approach to nature is always trying to get nature to do what we want it to do. It's folly, you know? Sure. We don't control nature any more than 
I mean, we we just don't control. Yeah, nature. look at, we look can't at the weather. Nature. I mean, yeah. yeah, we don't. We we're silly. You know, we think that we can plant a lawn and we can control that lawn and we're going to get all the dandelions out and there's going to be no quote unquote weeds and sure. it's a little ridiculous. So, um, you know, it's it's folly to start with what I'm doing, but then I basically uh, make a sculpture out of wax and I put it in the hive and the bees pull it out into comb. Right. It's one way I work with them. Another, now you own the hive. You have a hive. I did, but here's yeah. what happened. What happened? Tell me. Um, Tell them. Tell <laughs> when, I was, when I was in grad school, my thesis show was a was an observation hive with right. um, about 4,000 bees in it. And so like an ant farm. Kind of, oh, yeah. Right. Like That's live fun. bees in the gallery sure. that did escape at one point, which was right. a little frightening. Oh, um, yeah, it was, Made a good it was movie. stressful. Yeah. Nothing like light, driving a, a, a glass box full of live bees across town. You know, that that's always fun. Yeah. Um, but, you know, during that process, I had to handle the bees a lot more than usual. And unfortunately, right at that time, my beekeeper's mother became ill mm. and he had to leave. So it was just me and the bees. This and is in Ohio. This is in Ohio. Right, okay. And I had not been stung a whole lot up until that point. And I started getting stung a lot more. And then there was a week where I had eight stings and things started to get really swollen and ugly. And I went to the doctor and he's like, oh, yeah, you're allergic to bees. And I'm like, what? No, no. Please no, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. please no at that please. point. Exactly. Two years of my I life invested that. in this. No, please. Did but... you communicate with them and with your butt? Oh, yeah. We did. Yeah, do you? We'll waggle dance you with do? them. Right. Sure, why not? Yeah. But then, you know, I, 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 I ignored my doctor a little. And, uh, you know, I got a bee suit at that point. Because before then, I'd been like, yeah, sting me. Come on. Because you want to build up that immunity, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I got a bee suit. And then, you know, one stung me through the, through the face shield on the face. And my entire face swelled up. Like the blind melon bee suit from the, like that? No, no, not that. Like the, like oh. the, you know, the beekeeper suit. Oh, know, the beekeeper suit. Yeah, where you got sorry. the mesh over your that. face and, you know, Tapped that open. that attractive garment, mm-hmm. um, which nobody looks good in. I'm no. sorry. Nobody no. looks good in that. Nobody. Um, not even George Clooney? Is there a thing George Clooney no, looks I bad in? I don't know. I'm just asking yeah, so you as a woman. I don't know. I might have to I think Jennifer Aniston would look fine in the beekeeper outfit. No, it is not made for her. It is not made for any woman. Okay. They're not made for They're us. Not made for They're not made for our proportions. They're just big, baggy, weird things. But, but I got stung. My face swelled up. I went back to the doctor. He was like, "So you're like about two or three stings away from anaphylactic shock. You might want to take this seriously. Really, you need EpiPen. EpiPen, yeah. So Did now, you do it? Do it to yourself? Yeah. Nah, I didn't need to at that point oh. because it already passed. Like you know, I was already a swollen up mess. There's nothing besides to do. An, besides an EpiPen, what else? What else can you do for? Like not eight get bee stung. stings. Oh, okay. Not get stung. Not get stung. I mean Benadryl, I guess, in an sure. emergency. But you know. Just so the, honey, the honeycomb, you were in Ohio, mm-hmm. and you were in Ohio for a long time. You went to Ohio State University. Mm-hmm. The, excuse me, the Ohio State University. I know, right? Is that Go not obnoxious? Buckeyes, oh, my right? God. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Now, how did you make the beeline to Colorado? How'd that work? I was from Colorado, so I only yeah. went to grad school in Ohio because they gave me a free ride, and they gave me a fellowship and paid me to go to school. Heck I was yeah. like, yeah, I'll do that. What part of Colorado? Uh, I grew up in Lakewood, actually. So I grew up um, in Green Mountain and moved down to Capitol Hill when I was 18. Green Mountain, Green Mountain High? Green Mountain High. And then where did you go to university? Uh, Metro. 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 And then then the Ohio State University. Then the Ohio State University. Always been fascinated with bees? Always been that I've always been fascinated with nature and animals. Uh The work that I was doing before I went to grad school was about uh, transgenic mutation. So like GMO issues. Right. But in animals. So when it comes to art with them, so describe it to everybody. You you mold something out of their wax, out of their what comes like a sheet of wax. A sheet of yeah. a sheet of a sheet of beeswax, mm-hmm. throw it in there and they play with it. 
yeah, they just turn it into comb, or sometimes I'll like cut into the comb. Like you use that one for the for the invitation. Yeah, you for know? the invitation, sure. Um, that you know, I cut into the already existing comb and melted a, a word into it, and then put it in the hive, and they repaired it. And that's sort of like a timing issue where you're just watching them because they're so fast. They repair it so fast. So there's several times where I tried that and it didn't work because they finished it before, you know, before yeah, I came out. Anywhere. And then there was no word anymore. It was gone. They and fixed it. What would you sell something like this for? Uh, I did sell that one actually for $900. Wow. That's pretty good. Yeah. Bees, bees can make a lot of money. Yeah, you know, there's not a lot of people in the market for it. Sure. You're, <laughs> you're listening to live from the Denver Press Club presents the topic of conversation. Our lovely our lovely guest is Lori Links Murphy, and she is a artist and a you do a bunch of other stuff too. Tiny homes. What what's going on there? This is a this is kind of a trendy thing. I know and I you didn't don't know come that when across I started. as a trendy kind you know, wanna do trendy things. You kinda come across as somebody who wants to do something outside the box. I'm but, always a little sad when I'm part of the zeitgeist, but at this particular <laughs> moment I think it's important, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so these tiny homes, what, what's going on? Have you seen the have you seen the documentary Tiny? I did, yeah. and it's really funny because that's the first question everybody always asks me, and in the back of my head I'm thinking, you're wondering if everything that happened to him is happening to me, and yes, it is. Really? <laughs> Seriously? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've run out of money. Yeah. Uh, I've been vandalized multiple times. I don't think that happened to him, but, you know, like, my windows keep getting broken. Did you, Can't did finish you, the is roof because it, it will stop raining. Is it mobile? Yeah, it's on wheels. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually going to have it at the Denver Art Museum the last Friday of the month for the Untitled series. So last Friday of June or July? Of June. This last Friday. Of June, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and on display? Yeah. So the goal of the tiny house, um, yeah. I mean, number one, I'm going to live in it. Um, I got divorced last year and sold my house. And with Denver's real estate market being what it is, it kind of wasn't really an option for me to buy a house. And I thought, well, I'll move to Detroit. And then I thought about the Hudson Valley. And I thought about all these places. But I have an elderly mother here who I love very much and don't want to leave her alone. And... Um, the dutiful I, daughter, nothing wrong yeah, with that. Yeah, and I would have to take her with me, and I realized that if I took her with me, it was going to be like a replay of Grey Gardens. So <laughs> <laughs> I was going to be like not allowed to leave the house and go and travel or do anything, and I was like trying to work all this out, and it didn't really seem like I had enough money to work this out. So then um, at that time, I got screwed over by my studio mates, and mm. I wound up owing my landlord about $10,000. Okay. And uh, I had to move out of my house, and I was like, what am I going to do? And, you know, I had my studio, and I thought, well, I can either have a studio or have a house in Denver's real estate market at the moment, and I really care more about having a studio. So I moved into the only available space in my studio, which and was a closet. And how long ago was this? This was uh, October of 2013. Okay. Was, yeah. And um, so I moved into the closet and uh, lived in a closet, 112 square feet. Really? I had my kitchen and my bedroom and my office and all my clothes in there. And I was like, yeah, this isn't so bad. I could do this. Like, it felt tragic at first. And then, because Did you sleep standing up? No. I mean, it's my bedroom now. Did you put yourself on a hanger? How did that work? You know, it's weird. 112 square feet is more than you think it is. Is it really? I don't know. My tiny house is 210 square feet with the loft, and it feels very spacious, you know? Um, it, I mean, so far there's no furniture in it yet, so sure. it might feel less spacious at that point. But now, are you the traditional tiny house that most people would imagine, where you walk in and then there's a little little area here, little area here, and you have a loft? Or yeah, or pretty we... much. Yeah, although it's my design, it's not like any other, so it's, right. it's totally its own thing. So if somebody wanted to build their own tiny house, where are they allowed to put them? I mean, can you just park Ooh. in the middle of Denver and say, "This is"? I my, am. You know. Yeah. I mean, I'm amazed. I'm building this Sanctuary. on the street in an urban situation, mm -hmm. and I totally expected to get messed with by now. Sure. Totally, and it hasn't happened. Like not at all. I mean. Yeah, I mean, actually, I was talking to a cop the other day about the vandalism, you know, and reporting the vandalism. 
And, you know, he was just curious about it. I mean, there's nobody, you know, I think the city of Denver is pretty on board with this for the most part. I don't want to get too graphic, but how do you deal with waste? And how do you deal with food? And how do you deal oh, with... Oh, that's so interesting. And so, I mean, I'm not living in it yet. I'm right. still building well, it. Well, that's what we're talking about, yeah. Um, but I'm already starting to, like, try to figure that out. It's going to yeah. be really important. So, I mean, that's one of the big issues. So, the, the entire project is basically, it's called the Mayday Experiment. And I blog about it every week on Westward's website. And the plan is I'm going to take it off around the country and talk to people about sustainability. You know, I want to take it to places, rural areas or, you know, Baptist churches in the Deep South or whatever and have this conversation. Because the moment our national conversation about climate change is basically, you know, yes, it exists, no, it doesn't. And that's a stupid conversation. I'm sorry, but it is. Then we'll never have it. So, yeah, well, whether or not you believe in something doesn't mean it makes it okay to trash the planet. So I've had 20 years of arguments with climate deniers, and what I always come down to is this is like, so what's the downside exactly to cleaning things up? I don't understand. Clean air is bad. Clean water is bad. You you like the trash on the street? I don't get it. Um, You know, to me, I want to change the conversation to being about what sustainability is, not whether or not it exists. Sure. Because whether or not it exists... None of us having that conversation are scientists. But sustainability, that's basically doing what our grandparents did. Honestly. Yeah. It's not crazy. It's not. So generations living together is 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 almost considered obs- people don't do that in right. our country. Yeah. You go to Europe, you go to any other country, you know, they're 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 three, four generations living together. Exactly. In Mexico, as their parents age, they add a, another room onto their home just for them just to honor them. Right. Um, we don't do that here. Why? No. Why don't we do this here? As our gener- I, as as the baby boomers and, and, and as a whole 100 million people become 65 and over, well, before long we're going to have a quarter of our population, which is, you know, huge, yeah. um, over the age of 65. And we don't honor them like other countries do. No. What, who, what country can we learn from? And, and, and do we have to put them all in tiny houses? Or? I, no, I, you know, I, I don't know because I don't think tiny houses are the answer. I think tiny houses are an answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've actually talked to my mom about like, well, maybe I'll build you a tiny house and we'll buy some land. And, you know, like, like that conversation. But um, I think that Is our Is your problem, mom and sister living now? No, no, no. She's, no. she's still independent. Okay. She lives in... Sure. Uh, Elder housing and mm-hmm. um, would you consider her a tiny house? Would you? I don't think she wants one. Oh, I don't think she's that into it. Okay. You know, like she she's into me doing it, but sure. she's you know she likes the idea of me sticking around um, and being able to stay. But like the the thing for me is you know my work makes me very nomadic. If I want to work with bee populations or animals in different places, you know I'm going to be going to different places. So like this way I can go there with my house, you know, and take everything with me. How much has it cost you so far and how what, how, how close <laughs> are you to being complete? Obviously, you're going to be demonstrating it and showing yeah. it off at the end of the month. I mean, I'm showing it off in progress, you okay. know, so it's I basically have an expensive box on wheels right now. Sure. Um, I am about 25000 in. Wow. I hired a friend to help me get started, sure. so that's part of the expense. Um, a lot of websites will show off these beautiful tiny houses and say, they built this for only $25,000. And I'm like, yeah, no, they didn't. They're contractors that got this stuff for free or, you know, there's always another story, but it, building is expensive. Is it a metal frame or aluminum frame it's, and then wood siding? What, no, what are you doing? it's a wood, it's traditional oh, wood. stick construction. Yeah. So it's framed with wood and it's a flatbed trailer. Now to address this thing, I mean, obviously it's mobile. 
-hmm. and you can park it anywhere. Do you have? I mean, is there? Does the state recognize a a, a tiny house? I mean, how does how does that when work? it's done? The plates will be as an RV. I still have trailer plates at the moment, but okay. when it's done, it'll be. Um, I'm. I should probably do that now. Actually, it's done enough that it should be done now. Recognized but, as an RV. Yeah. So yeah. when it comes to sewage, you have to put it. You know, you don't want to be. You don't want to be the cousin from vacation. You know, um, I want to ask you a question now. Sure. Where's your poop go when you flush the toilet? I don't want to know. This is the problem. This is the problem. I don't want to know. I don't think anybody no one, wants to know. No one wants to no. know. And this is the problem. Wanna, yeah. But what it does do is go to a sewage treatment facility, which uses... In Golden, where I live. Tons of water. So Yeah, see? Because you can smell it. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Nice, right? Be the, the town of beer and poop. You yeah. know what you can't smell? Yeah. Composting you know. <laughs> toilet. Well... You can't smell a composting toilet. No, you can't. And that's nature, why has, <laughs> nature has given us beautiful systems to deal with this. We yeah. just refuse to use them. So what we do now is we ship our poop to a facility, and our, our poop gets all cleaned out of the water, mm -hmm. and it uses lots of water, and it uses lots of chemicals, and those chemicals flush out to the ocean and contribute to ocean acidification. Right. And in the meantime, we are blissfully ignorant about what's happening with our poop, you know, because right. nobody wants to know. So... I will have a composting toilet in the um, tiny house. You can make a composting okay. toilet out of a bucket sure. and sawdust. Sure. But since I'm going to be showing off these systems and trying to convince people that they, that they need them, I'm hoping to find a composting toilet sponsor. And Anyone listening right now could give me a composting toilet. I will show it off to the world. And then you, <laughs> take, and then you take your poop and make uh, vegetables and have exactly. a garden. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And yeah. you're eating your own poop. Ex well, you're not eating. No, wait, it. that's, that's, sorry, that's, that's It's not, not a two girls one cup scenario. No, 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 no. <laughs> me, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's kind of, you're kind of smiling when you make a salad for your friends. Like, <laughs> are you See, enjoying that? You like those tomatoes? Here's what's gonna make you really sad: yeah. is you know all those E. coli outbreaks. I do. You're sure, already we, eating poop, my friend. I you know. are. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> I'm sure I am. I mean, look at me. I, uh, oh, no, 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 <laughs> crowd, crowd. Um, <laughs> I, I'm fascinated by the tiny house thing. I think it's neat. I think I, I have seen some of the more fancy ones, and they advertise them like, oh, my gosh. that's a... But it's you're right. They're not cheap. Right they're not cheap. They are not cheap at all. No, but neither is a home. And how do you pull those things? You're going to have to buy I, a diesel. <laughs> I mean, you're already spending... I have a, I have a gigantic diesel truck, yeah. a Ford F-250 named no. Bertha, 1992. You named it? Of course I oh, named yeah, it. Of course you did. If you saw this truck, you would have named it too, yeah. and you would have named it Bertha. I want to go back to the bees. Did you name the bees like, you know, in, in you know, Meerkat Manor, did you name some of the bees? No, but here's a really interesting thing that starts to happen if you're a beekeeper is you start to realize that all the bees are very different from one another. Really? That when you look at them en masse, they all sort of seem the same. But when you start really, really right. getting to know your bees, yeah. And then there are some scientists that think bees, bees have facial recognition features for one yeah, another. Yeah, and, and they wag to each other. I've actually read things that there are some scientists that think bees can recognize us, too. Right. So, um, And bees do know their beekeeper. Yeah, they're the first you know? twerking. I mean, they got that down. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I'll tell you, the bee first, twerking. The, the beehive that I put in the in the observation hive, Yeah. those bees hated me. <laughs> they, they were mad at me for the whole those summer. Those the ones who stung you? They, they were. Uh -huh. And not only that, they didn't make anything for me all summer. They did nothing for me all summer. I didn't even have good honey. They did nothing. Mm. You know, the other the other hive, they're all happy. They're happy to see me. They did my work. They were great. You're so, listening to... You can make them mad. You're listening to uh, Live from the Denver Press Club presents the topic of conversation. We're here with Lori Links Murphy. She is a great artist locally here. Uh, owned, uh, born and bred in Lakewood and uh, went to Ohio, the Ohio State University and came back. We're live with the studio audience here at the Denver Press Club. We're so happy to have her. 
Um, yeah, tiny houses are just kind of little amazing little treats, aren't they? They really are. And plenty of room for two people? Uh, one person, although I will say this, uh, without hopefully revealing too much, when I was designing the tiny house and I was designing the loft, you know, my big question was, look, my bedroom's useless to me if it's not going to accommodate reverse cowgirl, okay? I'm just saying. <laughs> well, that's a good one. No, um, where do we go from there? Yes, yeah, so it's a, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a nice size tiny home. Yeah, it's yeah. got a nice peaked roof so that you can accommodate things upstairs. And people can see this when? This is coming up when? You're going to um, highlight it and we'll show it We'll have it, all? it uh, at Untitled at the Denver Art Museum the last Friday of June. Um, and various other appearances upcoming, you know. I don't know just yet exactly where, but, you know, I'm going to be taking it out when it's finished. Right now I'm sort of like doing a few little things here and there to sort of help get the fundraising started and help get people aware of the project. But uh, when I take off in earnest, then, you know, it'll be actual scheduled appearances on a website, blah, blah, blah. When we come back after the break, we're going to talk to Lori about snails, snails, women, and street harassment. I don't know how all those go together, but you'll find out after the break. Thanks. <laughs> Consider joining the Denver Press Club, which offers a relaxing atmosphere of camaraderie and creativity and serves as the hub for Denver's media, public relations, and communications community. It's the nation's oldest press club, with the first organized meeting held in 1867 and with the club making its home at 1330 Glenarm Place since 1925. Please visit our website at denverpressclub.org to find out all the great things that are happening throughout the week, month, and year. We're open Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Come by and see us. Everybody, welcome back to Live from the Denver Press Club. Uh, this is the topic of conversation. I'm your host, Rob Scoggins, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of the program. We are here with the lovely and talented and extraordinary and eccentric Lori Links Murphy. She is a local artist here in the Denver metro area. If you ever come in town, please check her out. You can go to www.links. Yep. Spell oh, that for them. Spell that for them. www. You know, when you say www, do you realize you just sound like an old person? I, yeah. Every time I say that, I hate myself. I love it. Um, <laughs> so it's like saying you want some Sanka. Oh my God. Do people, yeah. does that exist anymore? That's yeah, weird. Yeah, well, maybe, probably. I don't know. People drink that? No, anyway, it's God. it's uh, L-Y-N-N-X-E dot com. Yeah, okay. Very simple. And lovely, and her and her artwork is incredible, and, and you check Thank it out. You. It's it's all for sale, so uh, check her out it on is. the World Wide Web. And, of course, if you want to find her, she's on Facebook, and she's a personality on there, so you can like her on Facebook and all that good stuff. Our topics tonight <laughs> are bees, snails, tiny houses, women, oh my. Um, and I, we're, I keep wanting we're, to know what the oh my is. I'm just very curious. It's an ode to the uniqueness of you and Wizard of Oz. Okay. I'm so down lions that. and tigers and bears. Oh my. There you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> snails. Well, yeah. You know, I, I understand the bees thing because bees are interesting. They do different things. Snails, escargot, um, they're chewy. Just, they're very they're, chewy. They are more interesting than you would think. Are they? I became, are they more interesting than slugs because they're... They pretty much are slugs, but they're not as gross. But they have a house. They have yeah. a tiny house. Yes, they tiny do. House. They have a tiny house. They're yeah. they're like a metaphor for the tiny house. Yeah, and they're going to live in the that's tiny house. That's why we bring everything together on this show. I know, right? See well, how I do the circle of nature. See, I bring the everything together in my life. art, though. I know, but you were acting like you thought of that before me, and I thought of that before you. I do write. I, 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 I do. 
<laughs> I do write the show, and I try to bring it all together. Um, I know, but I already brought all that together in my artist <laughs> statement. It was done for you. I know. <laughs> she, she actually did. Um, but I bring it all together, too. The, 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 uh, the snails with the tiny houses on their back. What is it? Was, is it because of the tiny houses on their back? No, or is it just... uh, it's, 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 it's pretty much just random. I mean, I think that, you know, my... My research and my interests kind of lead me places into being observant in nature. Mm -hmm. And I had the opportunity to do a really amazing artist residency in the Catskills of New York on a farm uh, called the Andy Sprout Society Residency. And I was on... How long ago was this? This was in 2013. Okay. So like I said, my work yeah, is that, slow. Yeah, the whole world changed. My work and... is slow. Yeah. So in the summer of 2013, I was on this farm in the Catskills with this wonderful farmer, Madeline Warren. It's the straight out of the ground farm. And I'd gone there to do uh, an electronic project, which um, I'm still working on because things take me forever, but um, that basically w involved me pointing a camera at a field of fireflies, and the fireflies were then going to make music, and it was going to be a webcast of the music that the fireflies made, um, which is still a project I'm working on and still going to do at some point, hopefully in the tiny house. However, uh, I got there right at the end of the firefly season, I was too far from the city to have, you know, like run back for technology. I was just really struggling and I was really having a difficult time trying to get this project to work. And we don't have fireflies here. So I'd gone there to do this. And I kind of had this moment where I was like, you know, just use what's on the farm and make something because this isn't going to work. Right. And so I started just playing with things on the farm. I wound up making a giant installation in the dairy barn beautiful hundred-year-old dairy barn out of the out of the garlic harvest from the farmer. So I made this basically cathedral, I called it, that was like this column of light in the center made out of garlic. And Did you take pictures? Oh, have, yeah, they're on uh, my website. They're on your website, okay. Um, I made sculptures for birds because the birds were coming in and eating. I was working with this rye, and they were coming in and eating the rye. And So I was like, well, if they're going to do that anyway, I'm just going to make sculptures for them to eat. And what part of the world was this again? Catskills, New York. Catskills, so absolutely okay. beautiful. Yeah. Um, and then I got really fascinated with the snails. I was out like helping the farmer in the field a little bit and um, watching what she was doing. And, and, you know, the snails are kind of the bane of a farmer's existence. And I got really fascinated with them as they're wait, pulling Wait, 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 what? They're what? Snails are the bane of a farmer's How existence. How they move at snail pace. I don't but they eat everything. Oh, they're they eat. And in fact, oh. you cannot ship snails in the United States because in the South, the gigantic African snail is eating everything. Everything like they're decimating. Is things. a snail a bug? A snail's actually a mollusk. It's a mollusk. Okay. Yeah. So are they the goat of the mollusk world? No, they're kind of. The, I don't even understand that question. Actually, I mean, they eat a lot. They, they do, I mean, that's all they goats do. do. Eat a lot. Goats they look do eat up a lot. at you. Yeah. They're like goats are like this. They look at you. You know. And they go honestly, right back to eating. I have to just say, most goats I've met are total dicks. And snails. <laughs> they are. And snails do the same thing. Yeah, snails. Yeah. No, no, snails are you know snails. They're kind of fascinating, actually. They actually move faster than you think. Hmm. You know, they 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 just kind of wander along and they leave these trails on things. I and saw so, the movie Turbo. I saw. See, no, I didn't. No, you I need, need to, to see if that. you like snails. I know, you right? I need. So to. they leave. I, they do leave a little. They leave a trail, and so when and I was, the trail is called slime. Slime. Yeah. Well, I that's know. easy. I play with slime. <laughs> <laughs> that's my job. Um, so I was playing with these snails on the farm and I put them on a sheet of black paper just randomly because it's what I had. Sure. And I noticed that their trail sort of became iridescent and was very beautiful. And so I was like, oh, well, that's cool. And they just do what they do. And so I started making drawings with snails. Mm. And so I put them on a big sheet of paper and I let them do their thing and I only move them when they go off the paper. And then um, in order to sort of show what the 
what the path of it is, is I cut out around the snail trails. And this is, this is all very new work that I'm doing. Even though I started this in 2013, uh, they, we don't really have very many snails in Colorado. So it really took me a long time. Why is that? Wait, is it altitude? It's very or? dry okay. here. I have to miss them several times a day. Hmm. And um, I started with five snails. I was trying forever to get snails. You, like I said, you can't get them shipped. Sure. And I was trying to find snails. And I was going to pet shops. And I was asking everybody I knew. And I couldn't get any snails. And then all of a sudden, my friend's daughter had snails. And she's like, well, I have some snails. I want to get rid of them. So I wound up with five snails. And now I have over 100. So I've been breeding wow. these snails for a year and a half just so that I could have enough to make my artwork with. Wow. Yeah. And what, what do you feed snails. them? What I eat. They just eat oh. scraps of food. These yeah. scra- even like steak? No, I'm a vegetarian, so they don't oh, really get so steak. They, but you know, so I'm they, mostly a vegetarian. I shouldn't say I'm a vegetarian because I eat chicken sometimes. But okay, so yeah. that's what they eat. Other than they're growing big, do they get big? Are they? Uh, they get about an inch around okay. the snails that I have. They don't seem to get much bigger than that. They start out really tiny. They start out like the size of a seed. Right. They're fascinating. They're really. I mean, you know, they're really interesting creatures, and I just kind of find everything in nature really interesting. So to me. You know, if I go out in nature, I can find anything to be interesting in. It doesn't matter what it is. And and I think if you're observant, that's what happens. That You just observe things. And what family of animal did you say the snails were in again? They're mollusks. mollusks. So they're, like, related to, like, oysters and clams and okay. things. Yeah. And um, they're actually gastropods, if you want to get really technical. Have you, have you tasted one? No, I've never eaten one. Really? <laughs> yeah. And I went out to dinner with some friends. Are you curious? And they ordered some, some snails, and I was like... Kind of fascinated, but kind of haunted by it. Like it's just I can see their little bodies. Like mm. you know, they're my pets. So yeah. you know, but but at the same time, they're bugs. But they're delicious with lemon. I'm so. sure they must be, yeah. but I at this point don't have any desire to no, eat them. No. So you know. so okay. So you put the snail on, and what are you doing now? What type of artwork are you putting the snail on? The on the like piece on of a giant sheet of paper, paper. and it, any type of paper, saran wrap. What are we doing? Uh, just, it's just you know that's the interesting thing is the I mean, snail. Can they really go on anything? Oh, yeah, they just walk on anything, you know. And and the funny thing is some of these snails like to eat the paper. Ah. So I have my family of eaters and I have my family of walkers. And, you know, like I have one big sheet of paper that has gold. Uh, it's like a gold piece of paper, but it's black on the core and the sure. inside. So they're eating the surface off. Yeah. So that, I don't know what's going to happen with that. Something. Do, have you ever tried duct tape or, didn't, you know, I don't know, fly paper, anything? No. But I don't want to do anything that would harm them. I know. I'm not saying you know, it would harm them. I just so. want to see if they could move. Yeah, I feel like it would harm them. Okay. <laughs> fair enough. You know, sandpaper, things like that. But I feel like it's not fair to harm no, animals I understand. I understand. for art. What like, would you sell this, uh, a snail art? I, I honestly don't know yet because oh, it's still it. really still new. new. It's, yeah, it's still in when the studio. We, I haven't shown any of them yet. When can we expect this in the world of, of Lori Link's Murphy? I really wait, wait, have no you, I really have no plans for a show at the moment, but things okay. come up all the you time. So know, it's like right? somebody will ask me to do a show and I'll be like, okay, I guess we'll do those now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I'm always working on a lot of different things and then a show will come up and I'll just be like, okay, this is the right work for that show. You're listening to the live from the Denver Press Club. This is the topic of conversation. We are so glad that you're here with us and we have the great artist, uh, Lori Links Murphy as a part of the show. Women. And women's rights. Are we getting to the And oh we're part? getting to the nitty gritty now. <laughs> um, and women's rights. It's been a long, long, hard road, hasn't it? I think we are so. to the point in we're our country. Yeah, we're to the point in our country where a woman has a good chance of getting into the, the big White House. Um, yeah. Obviously, we 
If you notice the Tonys, I don't know if, uh, if you watch the Tonys or care about the Tonys, that's the Broadway equivalent of the Oscars, just absolutely dominated by women this year. I mean, every category had at least three or four women. Um, I would say is that dominated, or is that just getting up to equal? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. You can you can correct me. You can correct me anytime you want. Um, but just then, getting up to equal, uh, the the books they're writing on Broadway, the costume design, the music, um, wonderful. I don't know if you've seen Fun. I don't know if you've seen Fun House, uh, mm-hmm. but that's what won uh, musical this year. Um, but absolutely incredible what 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 women are doing. In, in our society and in the world, and it's you know, like you said, it's only been 50 years in the making. Your thoughts on on all that, and your thoughts on um, on women in the White House. Who has such a hard question? Because as much as I'm a feminist and have always wanted to vote for a woman for the White House, I now before you, I don't want to really do too want... quick, but explain feminist. Explain explain what. <laughs> In a couple, in a couple, of, I know, in a, 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 just in a, in a little bit, just a little bit. Uh, well, first off, let me finish what I was saying because I, I actually really support Bernie Sanders and love Bernie okay. Sanders, and um, I really want to vote for a woman, but I don't feel like Hillary is that woman, and I feel sad saying that. Will you tell us why later? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So feminist. Um, feminist. So, so to me, uh, like. All the word feminism, look, the word feminism gets gets played out in the mainstream in a million different ways. Yeah. It means one thing and one thing only, and that's equality between the genders, and that's it. That's it. That's all it means. Thank you. Um, feminists are not man-haters. I love men. Most of my best friends are men. Um, I adore men. You know, I don't hate men. Um, I have never burned my bra and don't understand where that even came from. Um, you know, there's a lot of baggage around that word that doesn't need to be there because it really just means one thing. It means that you agree that women and men are equal and should be equal and should be considered and treated equally. Sure. And that's great. That's a great explanation. Yeah. Let's go back to um, why don't you think Hillary can win? Or maybe why, maybe she, maybe you don't, don't know she, she can she win. win, but why it's do you just, think... It's purely on a platform and I think this also debunks a lot of myths about feminism is that you know I think that to some people it's probably surprising that I wouldn't say oh well she's a woman so I want her I want the best candidate Mm -hmm. and at the moment I feel like it's Bernie Sanders until things change I feel like he's the best candidate so that's who I'm supporting at the moment Um, obviously if Hillary gets the nomination you know that changes at that point but you know we're as far as I'm concerned, we're still in the point of having a conversation, and it shocks no one more than me that I'm for the old white dude over the woman, but that's the reality. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to, if you've talked to your other, you know, feminist friends, and... We have a secret headquarters. I'm sure you have a secret headquarters. <laughs> and the B-shake, and the B-shake, and the B-shake. No, um, we don't do that. And the twerking, and the twerking. <laughs> we don't do um, that the, uh, That's all for men. We don't do that. <laughs> the, the idea... Uh, is it is it some feminists in in your circles don't want her to win because they don't want her to be the first one? No, or they I don't just think don't think she's all. electable. I look, I can't speak for all feminists I about know. that. I can't. I would be I would be a jerk if I did. And and frankly, I think it's too soon in the conversation about candidacy to even say, well, this is the chosen one or that's the chosen one. I feel like the conversation is important. So, you know. see a lot of a lot of men, including myself, uh, I always think is is, is feminist as being men haters. They don't like us. That's because and, uh, the that's media because, wants you to think that. <laughs> and, that, and, that and it has a lot to do with the, the, the NOW group, the National Organization of Women, uh, and you can respond. You can really? Because what did NOW do you specifically can respond, to You can respond you to that if you want, but it just seems like they want us out of the way. 
Um, and, I don't um, know where you get that idea except for the mainstream media misquoting us. I mean, if you think about it, really, feminists are almost never seen as talking heads on news shows. Instead, you get people speaking for feminism, like celebrities that are speaking out as a feminist, or you get people... They mean they're getting paid that, to speak out as a feminist? No, like, no, like feminists that just consider themselves, you know, celebrities that consider themselves feminists and speak up, you okay. know? But you don't get experts on feminism. You don't get women who write about feminism on these shows. And you also really get a lot of people like, you know, like, like people call someone like Camille Paglia or Christina Hoff Summers a feminist. But actually, I don't know any feminists that consider them feminists. So it's a problematic word in that sense in that we don't really have representation in the media. And the media winds up describing us to us, but I don't think they get it right much of the time. Uh, street street harassment or street you know catcalling that's one of your out of everything really I know about you that off. is one of your things <laughs> that you're just like eh, eh, eh. Um, why what I mean, is that sound <laughs> let's do it together <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of your that's kind of your button um, yeah. is I I see it as a man finding a woman attractive and just and just and just and just throwing it out there. Um, yeah. But maybe I'm wrong, and that's fine. I can be wrong. Here's the thing. At what point in your life does anybody impede your day? What? No, now listen. I'm asking you a question. At what point in your life does anybody stop you from doing what you're doing and, in, and, and demand that you pay attention to them? Does that happen to you in your day-to-day -day life? No, because I'm a big man. Okay, when I'm walking down the street, and I'm not particularly conventionally attractive or anything. I'm not special. When I'm walking down the street... Uh, I will get stopped three or four times throughout my day just walking a few blocks. And why is that fair? Why should I have to stop and acknowledge all of these men because they find me attractive? Which, actually, if they found me attractive, then how come when I don't respond, I'm suddenly a bitch? See, mm. the thing is, men think that street harassment is adm admiration, is saying, I think that woman's hot. Men don't realize how big a dicks other dudes are. Yeah. And so they're wrecking it for you. Because well, it's not a flirtation at all. It's actually a form of power. It's right. a form of oppression. And that's why I find it so upsetting. No one has the right to tell me to smile. Yeah. And I bet that's never happened to you. I bet it, nobody it, has ever, when you're walking down the street, said to you, come on, smile, sweetheart. It's not so bad. Has I, that might, to you? I might do that. Would you do that? Yeah, I might Because you'd be an asshole if you did that. Yeah, I have I mean, to tell you, you well, would be an asshole. It's fine. And that's fine. I, is it, is it, is it um, you know, when, when it, you know, when it, Hispanic and, and, and ethnic? It's and across white, the board. It's across the board. It's across the board. And in fact. Because I know Hispanics, fact, you know, the they'll, they'll tweet at you. Don't, and then us, us, us guys will say, hey, how not, you doing? It's not a race thing. Oh, okay. Men are dicks across the board. Okay, we just... Um, <laughs> well. And I don't mean all men. I, don't, I feel like I have to add that because the whole hashtag not all men thing. But, you no, know, I don't fine. mean all men. Sure. But if a man is talking to me on the street, mm -hmm. I'm busy going on about my day. I'm not there for him. Sure. I'm not there to amuse him. I'm not there to be entertaining to him. And frankly, I don't look for potential partners on the street. So... Right. <laughs> now, do you, think it, do you think it has to do with being in the city? Compared to Highlands power. Ranch, no. I mean, do you think this would happen in Highlands Ranch? It, I think I think it's. I more might say hi. Would you like I to be actually, on my boat tomorrow? I actually think it's more terrifying when it happens in Highlands Ranch because there's fewer people around, right? And rape is a real threat for oh, women, no, so we do. Of we, course. you know, here's the thing: is if you talk to me on the street, I can't look at you and tell if you're a rapist or a murderer mm -hmm. or a nice guy. I have no idea. Right, of course not. So I have to treat. But you in as a bar, is is easier? Things. 
Because I can afford a drink? or If you're in a bar, I'm in a social setting where I might expect to meet another person. Okay. That's Fair a enough. completely different thing. Not to say that men can't be complete douchebags in bars, right. and they are frequently. Do you think it's worse? But do you think it's worse? Do you think it's worse because society still, you know, gives women, you know, free bar stuff and come on in and wet ladies' night? There's no guys now. Really. I, I mean, yeah, I think that I really think that's for the guys, though. I okay. don't think ladies' night is Fair really enough. for the women. I think it's for okay. the guys. Fair you know. Do you th- and like I said, do you think it's because it, it's you're living in the city and it's more? More out in the city. I've I mean, been out in the harassed suburbs. in the middle of nowhere. Have you? Dude. Okay. Yep. All right. Yep. So fair enough. Yep. When it comes to your your lovely art, and it comes to what you portray on the walls, um, is it is it month to month, week to week? Something. I mean, obviously the snails thing is something that's brand new, and the tiny homes mm-hmm. or something that's brand new and coming into your life. When when do you pick? I mean, how do you pick and choose what you choose to throw out there to the world and? In your wonderful world of art. Deadlines play a part in that. I mean, a lot of times when I'm having a show, it's a conversation that I've had with the gallery over over time. So we've, you know, I've proposed something and I've said, why don't I do this? Why don't I do that? What always invariably happens is whatever I've proposed and I'm working on, it's not what I want to be working on. I want to be working on that thing over there because the proposal practice pro- process happens so far in advance often. So... A lot of times, you know, like I'm always sort of working on something that I've promised to somebody, working on something that's a passion project, working on something that I don't know what's going to happen with it. And I just bounce back and forth between these things. Do you think this could work where you're uh, walking down the street with a camera and someone harasses you, take their picture and make an art show out of it and call it street uh, harassment? Would I that work? I don't have a death wish, so no. No, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. You can, you can put a, you know. I See, know. I think that men really underestimate the level of threat women feel on the street. You know, every woman I know has a story where she's been followed. Every woman I know has a story where she, a guy's come on to her and she's either ignored him or said no, and then she's felt threatened by him right. or, you know, had, like, I mean, I had a guy follow me on the subway in New York for, like, 10 stops basically sitting in the middle of the car bitching about what an awful bitch I was all because he asked if I minded if he smoked and I said well kind of yeah you're not supposed to smoke on the subway platform I don't deserve to be followed for miles and miles and miles being terrorized by a random stranger just because I said yeah I don't think you should smoke when you asked me specifically do you like it when women profit off of their harassment I don't know. I don't think women ever profit off of their harassment. I don't know when that happens. When they get raped, or when they when they. You think women profit off I'm of just, getting hey, raped? I'm just throwing out. It's not that me. That is possibly the me. most fucked up thing I've ever heard. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just asking. How do women profit off of rape? I'm I really don't curious. know. I'm asking you. I'm saying. But why just, would you ask if you didn't think that was true? They write books, make ton of money. They get really? on. They get on TV shows. How make many a ton authors of money? do you know? Come on. I, I, Who makes I can't tons name, of money? I can't name them all. But name me one book on rape where an author made a lot of money. Right. It's like you're putting this this lie out into the world. I'm just asking. Yeah, but you're just asking. But that's the problem. Is a lot of times in the media, people are just asking when they have an agenda they want to promote. Or so no are you agenda, just asking, no or is this agenda. a thing that you I'm, actually think? I do not think it. I just want to know. I think this interview's turned. No, no, no. <laughs> I think I'm holding you to the carpet no, now. Because no, if at you, all. this is a thing that you think, this no, is the wrong not at idea. No, this is not what I think at all. I'm just throwing it out there uh, and getting your opinion. That's it's all a I'm weird doing. thing to throw out there. Well, it really is. We've talked about snails and bees and 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 those are not homes. weird things to me. Uh, those are part of my world, but women profiting off of rape not part of my world. Well, it, it, what I meant was, it, what I meant was, it, uh, <laughs> walk it what, back, walk it back, walk it back. What I meant was that when street harassment happens, and and then some women, and and some men too, um, will uh, will uh, throw it out there. 
And that's all I'm doing. I'm just throwing it out there. Okay. <laughs> when it comes to your next art exhibit, how can people find you? What can people do? Where can, where can they... You got the tiny house thing coming up. I don't even know what my next art exhibit is at the moment, mm -hmm. but um, I've got the tiny house. Uh, I have a That's show up right now at City. Right, City. City. I blog about the tiny house every week on westward.com. Right. Um, people can find me on my website, links.com, L-Y-N-N-X-E.com. People can find me on Facebook where, as you said, I spend way too much time. But <laughs> it's, it's great because you have so much cool stuff out there. Thank it's, you. I mean, just beautiful Thank artwork. You. Thank you. And um, how can people find out about the snails? When is that? Are you teasing that now? Or are you talking I, about it? I've now? been Instagramming photos of it, so I think people are start starting to find out about it. I'm very slow to sort of reveal these things because they're slow to reveal themselves to me. Right. So when so I get slow. something I'm satisfied with, I put it out in the world on Instagram and show it to people. And then can you tease your fans and, and everybody out there a little bit on what is coming next uh, after the snails and after the tiny houses? Is there anything that's out there that you want to I don't know if share? there is an after the tiny house at the moment, which is part of the problem. <laughs> like, like I am hoping to take off in the tiny house on my first little journey uh, May 1st. Yeah. But I have to finish the tiny house first. So pretty much that's so my tiny entire house focus is the, at the is moment. Big thing yeah. Right. Okay. It's, I mean, I approached it like it was an art show that I was putting together, but it's actually a house. Have you named <laughs> the tiny house? You know, I haven't named the tiny house yet. I mean, the name of the project is the May Day Experiment. So the project has a name. Okay. But the tiny house doesn't really have a name yet. I'm kind of... Kind of getting there, right? It. Yeah. Kind of grabbing there? I kind of want to, I kind of want to, you know, there was this really cute moment where, you know, my friend that helped me start the tiny house, um, Philip Spangler, who mm -hmm. lives in Chicago, uh, we met at grad school and I had him come out and help me. And um, one day he came in and he was living with me while we were working on it and we were spending every day working on it. And he came in and he's like, you know, the word philos means love in Latin. And my name is Phil. So this is the house that Love built. He will kill me for telling this story. Oh, that's beautiful. He will kill that's me for lovely. telling this that's story. That's a lovely story. Because he's like such a tough dude that he's okay. like, that's not cool. But I was like, oh, I'm going to name it that. He's like, no, no, you can't. <laughs> so. Will there be animals in your tiny home? There will be snails. snails and I have a cat. Cool. And a cat? What's the cat's cat. name? cat's name is Monkey. Yeah? Yeah. He's my sweetheart. Monkey. Oh, that's that's Vinny. Are you doing... Are that's you doing, my ex's cat. Is that, that, that going to be part... Do you... And you do photography. Are you going to start taking pictures of, of the of the of progression? Are you videotaping it? Are you doing anything I, you know, that I keep people can to watch? Videotape and, it, yeah. But I take a lot of pictures do of you? it, and I'm okay. working on a website right now, so I take a ton of pictures of it. Um, and yeah, eventually, I'm hoping to have a YouTube channel for it too. But I don't great. have one yet. I think a lot of people would tune yeah. into that. I think so I think too. the tiny house uh, uh, craze is awesome. I think yeah. I wish you the best of luck with that. Thank you. Can't wait to see it at the end of the month. It's going to be a lot Thank of fun you. to come back and visit with you at the end of the month. And where is it going to be outside? Outside in the world of uh, Denver? Uh, the next the next place it's going to be is in um, at the dam. So it's going to be in front of the Denver Art Museum the last Friday of the month. People can see it there. And then after that, I don't really know, but I blog about it every week. So anything that's ever happening, I mention in the blog. And we have one of our uh, local or national listeners or international listeners that want to help fund this, uh, fund your tiny home. Is there any way they can get in touch with you that way? I wish right now that I had my fundraising page up, but I don't. I'm working on it. But I do have a, a page on Patreon.com. So it's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Dot com And if they search for my name, that they'll find. And also at the end of the blog every week, there's a link. And people can actually fund the blog weekly where they can, you know, support the blog weekly so that they're supporting the ongoing journey. Because 
Let me tell you, the ongoing journey is expensive. <laughs> you are a fun, remarkable, talented, thank and you. energetic, and passionate about everything that you do. I want to thank you so much for being a part of this. Thank and you. Uh, thank you for being the, uh, here at the Denver Press Club and the topic of conversation. Um, now it's time for the part of the show that I love called Rob's Fast Five Questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Um, when it comes to... Um, when it comes to to animals and, and your and your little farm, if you were to have if you were to have a petting zoo, um, name the three animals that you'd have. Not llamas because they're assholes. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would I have? I would definitely have a horse. Okay. Like, absolutely. Uh, and I think that I, this is going to be totally out there, but. It's my fantasy penny zoo. I can have whatever I want, right? When I was a kid, I used to draw my dream house, and like there was a pool in my bedroom for the dolphin that could get out to the sea. So dolphin, obviously, mm -hmm. and, and a petting zoo. All right, why not? Uh, well, why not? They, hey, people, why not? Look, people yeah. swim with the dolphins, sure they do. right? So yeah. it's like you know, it's not it's that crazy. Of course not. Uh, and probably the coolest thing I've ever petted, petted, like, is a sea cucumber. They oh, feel yeah. Amazing. Those are neat. Yeah. So see cucumber. If you were to name your house now, I know it's not done because you can't <laughs> christen it because you but if it would had a working title, what would it be called? Oh God. Uh, I don't I have no idea. Dwayne. Dwayne. <laughs> Dwayne? <laughs> Dwayne? No, it should be a girl's name. Okay. Like that. <laughs> If you were to give your family of bees a last name like Sopranos or Williams, what would it be? Well, it depends on the hive because I don't have any hives right now. Okay. Because I'm allergic. So I'm like, now I work with other beekeepers when okay. I work with bees, which hasn't been for a while. But um, the last hive that I had, you know, I had the good bees and I had the bad bees that bad bees didn't do any work, you know? So I called the bad bees jerks, you know? But the good bees, uh, I would have called them the Flintstones, I guess. <laughs> Why? That, Why? The, because that is the first thing that popped into my head. Is it? Okay. <laughs> that works. The the uh, the um, if 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 someone was to play, because you have an extraordinary life so far, if someone were to play you in a movie, who would you want? Oh my God! Wow, that's the hardest question of all because. I don't. I don't, really don't have pay to look any like attention. You don't have to look like. I don't you. pay something. that much attention to what goes on in Hollywood. Okay. But um, I sort of, I sort of would just want it to not be a movie star. Okay. I just sort of want it to be like somebody who hadn't ever had a shot at anything, sure. who was a cool person. I so guess. you'd have the rights to name the person. That's great. I guess. That's I wonderful. Yeah. And your favorite cartoon growing up, the one that you had to see on Saturday morning, you had to say, "Mom, Dad, I have to see this one, or I don't live my weekend." Lived for Fat Albert. Makes me sad to say that now because of Cosby, but I lived for Fat Albert. That's great. <laughs> Thanks again for being on the show, and, we'll, and we'll keep in touch. All right. I want to thank everybody who helps keep this show going. My executive producer, Spencer Howard. My director-producer, Mariah Weiss. My technical director, Will Hart. And, of course, the great staff here at the Denver Press Club, which is Bill, Bruce, and Carmen. I can't do it without those folks. I want to take the time to thank our sponsors, the Denver Press Club, uh, for hosting us every Wednesday. And I also want to thank Boston Beer Company for giving our prize box away. If you're a member of the audience, you can go home with a great prize pack of stuff from Boston Beer Company. If you're not familiar with them, they are known for Sam Adams and Angry Orchard. And of course, sponsor Read Art and Imaging. They do all of our posters and banners and everything you see online at Read Art and Imaging right here in Denver, Colorado. I've been asked by my friends and family, how do you end the show? How do you tag it? Well, I've thought about it. And here it is. Live your life, live to the fullest, have fun, and wake up 
with a purpose every day. And you may, if you're in the Denver metro area, you might be live at the Denver Press Club and part of our topic of conversation. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next Wednesday. Good night.